better never rest. Good morning, everybody. It's the Georgia Show. It's Tuesday, February 6th. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Rusty Mansell. We're from Dogs HQ and uh, got a couple major things to talk about today. Uh, both of the five-star variety. Uh, we're going to get a last little update. We got signing day tomorrow. Um, not what it used to be, Rusty. We'll get into that, too. Not what it used to be. Uh, not eating breakfast at the Blind Pig anymore, that's for sure. And then uh, we, we're going to look ahead at that Georgia-Alabama game in Tuscaloosa late September uh, this year uh, and just kind of, you know, we've been taking a look at Georgia's Power 5 games, just looking way ahead, maybe picking out an element or two that we're standing out to us right now, and we're going to get into that. But, Rusty, hey, let's just let's, – let's audible here real quick. Let's talk about this February signing day, all right? Man, I remember Shannon Terry. Um, one of the reasons Shannon is who he is. I mean, on the first early signing period, on the first day of the first early signing period, he tweeted out, and it may have been a little bit day or two later, but but it feels like it was the first day. The early signing period is the new national signing day. And boy, if it hadn't played out like that, because looking forward to that first weekend in February, just not what it used to be. No, I mean, this is, this is no comparison. Um, I mean, it is definitely December. Um, January used to be the most important visits. Now June is the most important visits. And uh, December early signing day has replaced this day. And whether you like it or not, it is, that is, this is, I mean, whatever happens tomorrow for Georgia, they're still going to be number one. They're still going to have the number one class. And, um, you know, they're, they're in on a a five-star young man out of Texas and, it's just it's crazy where you know what we've what we've been through you know in times and places and decisions and those types of things, but all the stories we both have, but uh, it is definitely different. And th- this this point in day now, it is about the early signing period and that transfer portal window. Yeah, I'm not going to complain about it because we've hit on this before, um, man. That burning up the road in January back in the day, you know, just trying your best to get that last update to. To talk Anything. to that kid after that last official visit, golly, it was, and it, it seemed like it just flew right by. It seemed like you know, like three weeks was really you know ten days or, or a week. It was it blew right by, and I, I stayed at a lot of hotels, visited a lot of high schools, you know, uh, hung around and, and twiddled my thumbs for two or three hours waiting for a guy to get out of this workout or get out of this thing just so I could get a couple quotes, and it was. It was nuts, man. It was absolutely nuts. And I and all of those official visits, so many of those official visits were crammed into that three week period. Think about all the people that you talk to at schools. I'll never forget the the connection for Malcolm Mitchell was the secretary at the school. She's the one that knew she's the one that was close to him. And she was the one that kind of knew when people, you know, most of the people didn't know. There was just different people around the school. You would go by these places so many times, you're like, hey, who knows around here, you know? Um, and uh, a lot of times you find out who the favorite teacher was because we weren't recruiting the kid for the school. We were recruiting the kid for the information. We needed to know what was going on around you. That's and right. and uh, so, so I would spend, I would spend uh, you know, hours and days and, and, and then, like you said, I've been in hotels and roads and all kind of stuff. And then signing day, you would just kind of 
signing day was so crazy that you would just have to, I found I would have to just set up. I used to go set up at like a Starbucks if, and, and I would go, go to the car, do radio and I would put in my headphones and just stay on my phone all day long, texting, trying to get the last minute updates, updating boards and all that kind of stuff because you, you couldn't really be, I think the last signing day decision that I think I went to for that regular, I think it might've been Davin Bellum. I think that might've been one of the last ones that I yeah. went to. That was over 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, if he was after, I think I went to Lorenzo Carter on signing day at Norcross. That yeah. last, I think that was the last one. Those two, one of those two might've been the last one. You think about that though. I know Lorenzo was class of 2014. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was after. Yeah, that would have been uh that would have been that literally would have been ten years ago, almost to the day now. Um and dude, I remember and listen, I'm not I I remember I was working at, at Rivals at the time and mm-hmm. our 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 site crashed on the day of Lorenzo Carter. Um the site crashed and I, I remember trying to run around and figure out what was going on there. Felt good about George's chances. That was such an odd class, man. One of the weirdest classes I think I've I've ever you know, covered because it was a really good class for Georgia when you think about it. Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, you know, Malcolm Parrish was a good player. I know it didn't end great for him. Um, you know, so many really good football players in that class. Dominic Sanders ended up being a great player, late addition from that class. Um, but yeah, and then it, my thing was, is I've covered it from two different angles. I've covered it and I, we still do it now. It's more of a team effort than, than it used to be. Um, where you cover it from kind of the team side, which is you get posted up somewhere and you get ready to write. You get ready oh, yeah. to write letters yeah. of intent coming in. Yeah. Um, last year, we did a letter of intent for every single player that came in, and we kind of split them up and got it working that way. Um, but, man, and then th- this past year, dude, uh, I mean, what about, you know, this this early signing period and Georgia signed 28 players in about six hours. That I mean, was – Think, about, think about that. Y'all got, y'all got killed that day. Uh, I was on the road a little bit that day, and – the, our little text thread was like every two minutes and then they just kept releasing and kept releasing and kept releasing. So it's definitely different, man. It is totally different world. That's the day of the age of this thing. And, uh, you know, it's definitely sped up, you know, I, I, I to, to, to sign the times, uh, the all American bowl, which was formerly the all American game announced yesterday, they're going to allow juniors to start playing. So, and I talked to them two years ago about that. I said, guys, you, I'm not saying I made that decision, but I did. I was out there and I said, guys, you need to start letting juniors play. I mean, this is the way it's going. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they went through the process and officially announced yesterday that there's going to be juniors playing in that game, juniors and seniors. So uh, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great thing. No doubt about it. And um, so now we look ahead. Um, it's been kind of full speed ahead on the 2025 class already. You mentioned Terry Bussey. What's going on here? Let's let's just kind of give folks a little bit of a of a behind the curtain right before um, a decision comes down. I guess tomorrow. Well, you know, uh, this is a young man that we've talked about several times, even on here. And the one thing I'll say is, am I predicting he'll go to Georgia? No, I'm not right now, um, and I don't think I've been to that point yet. But what I'm confident in saying that there were some people that kind of said, "Hey, this is either LSU or Texas A&M," and those two teams may be in the lead and they may be the final two, but I'm pretty confident Georgia was still in this thing. Uh, as far as 11 PM last night, I don't have, I don't have an update yet this morning and I will uh, before today on dogs HQ, but you know, there's still communication between Georgia and him. 
and a good bit of communication. So in my, in my experience, that says that they're in this thing. Now, how much, I don't know that, you know, and it would be a, it'd be a massive uh, kind of pull and, and for Georgia to pull a five star has been committed to Texas A&M for a long time. He took a visit. Georgia went out there, uh, Glenn Schumann, Dante Williams, all these guys and, and T-Rob go out there to see him again. And, um, you know, that's kind of where it is today. You know, I, I'm, I'm confident that Georgia was a big in this thing more than people thought. Uh, am I willing to say Georgia's going to get him right now? I couldn't do that, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get an update today see where we're at. And, uh, I was kind of surprised at the update I got on Sunday night. Cause usually when, when, when teams are kind of out of it, you know, and I was reading things that, you know, people said George is kind of out of it. You don't hear the, that type of communication still between, I'm talking about multiple phone calls between him and George staff. So, you know, we'll see where this thing goes. Yeah. And listen, I mean, if, if you want to talk about coaching staffs that are really never out of it until they, until they shut them out of it until they're just completely done, not talking to them anymore is Georgia. Um, you know, I mean, like Hugh Freeze knows all too well. Uh, like you said, yeah. some of these people like to recruit late into the night. And George is one of the – I believe he was referring to Georgia as far as that one goes. I tell you, I don't think um, – I mean, because we, you know, this kind of came out of not nowhere, but kind of it did left field a little bit at the, at the Under Armour game. He announced he was going to take an official to Georgia. But uh, this young man, man, you know, he, he's got a story. You know, and he's had a couple of tragedies in his lifetime. He is a high – high academic young man um does, does not do much media he is a three sport superstar i'm talking superstar at his high school and does it all great basketball player and all these things so you know this this young man's got a great story you know if someone gets to write this thing on him but it doesn't do a ton of media and and that tells you you know i talked to some of our guys yesterday on three and they're like hey we're just trying to find out you know there, there's not even a scheduled announcement like you don't even know what he, I don't even know if he's going to do one. I don't know if he's just going to pop up with a tweet or something. He may, may pull a Hayes Fawcett special and just say, here I am. I'm committed to this school. And so that, that, that's a, you know, kind of an interesting thing. You know, we were talking yesterday, I was talking with a, the, uh, the home office up in Nashville and I said, guys, where, when is he announcing? They're like, we don't know yet. Like this kid is not talking to anybody. So kind of tells you he's doing some thinking there. So we'll, we'll see how this thing goes. One thing I, I do like about, you know, this this whole situation is that it's just one guy. It's just kind of oh, one, following oh, yeah. one, digging into one. If this was five yeah. or six, this yeah. would be nuts. If this was, you know, trying to hold on to a bunch of guys, this would be crazy. I love the numbers here. I absolutely love the numbers. Um, and that brings us to another point, Rusty. 2025, man, listen, um, Juju Lewis – uh, it, it doesn't just start, stop with him. It's a, Juju Lewis. It's Elijah Griffin. It's, it's Zayden Walker. It's all of these five-star prospects in this 2025 class. We'll start with Juju, who was on campus this past weekend. We previewed the visit. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I wrote late in the middle of last week, Georgia is going to be a major player here. I also wrote, I feel like there's some – and I hate saying stuff like this because I don't want USC folks – to to get the impression that man Lincoln Riley's tough to turn down at quarterback man I mean it's just what he's done with quarterbacks is unreal but you know you I've heard a little buzz that's like all right well he might not end up at USC or there may be a good chance he doesn't end up at USC and if he doesn't I think Georgia is a massive major player here doesn't sound like they hurt their chances this past weekend no I mean I don't think there's anything if I'm a USC fan I'm worried I mean my quarterback my face of this class 
uh, now because he's 2025 is taking multiple visits to other places. And you, you better be worried if you're, if that's, if Georgia had him committed and he's at Alabama, he's at USC and Oklahoma, I'd be saying the same thing. You know what I mean? Like what's going on here. And, uh, he's certainly doing his due diligence and, um, uh, at Georgia's Georgia is a major player in this. There's no doubt in, in my mind, um, you know, staying home, staying close to home is going to be something important to him. And, and, uh, you know, kind of the success that Georgia's had. You you started with 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 Todd Monken and offensively what they did, and then you come in and look at Georgia. Um, I think what most passing yards in the SEC. I think this past year, uh, all the stuff they did offensively, they're spreading it around all over the place with Bobo. And you know, I, I think uh, that was a good weekend for he and his family. I'm not going to answer for them. You know, kind of where they are, but I, I, I'm confident in that Georgia. Uh, is a serious player in this deal. And he's not, listen, I had a couple of people tell me, man, it's Juju or bust. It's not Juju or bust at quarterback. That That's not how this thing is going. Uh, is he a major target? Absolutely is a major target. But you saw you know, Mike Bobo put out other offers. You saw him go visit other 2025 quarterbacks. You know, this is uh, this is something they're doing their due diligence on as well. But uh, he, it certainly, he is a major, major target for Georgia in this, in, in this, uh, in this class. Yeah, Georgia's, I mean, Georgia's all over, you know, a couple different quarterbacks. I mean, Georgia is absolutely covering its bases at quarterback. Rusty, I wanted to ask you about this whole idea that uh, you got an elite quarterback. He reclassified. He should be a 2026 guy. He's a 2025 guy. But the one thing that sometimes can help you in recruiting these guys is the fact that you're going to have an open job in 2025. And um, a lot of those guys, a lot of those elite football players – they never think they're out of it. One of the reasons they are who they are is they think they've got a chance to win every single job. I mean, you, I mean, li- I mean, listen, it may sound delusional. You take some of these cats, you, they, they think they can make it go try to compete and get an NFL job right now. They just, they're wired different. So does that, how much does that help Georgia? That, that spot does kind of fling wide open in 2025. No question. That has to be something they'll look at. They'll be at spring practice and, and, uh, you, you know, there's a couple guys ahead of them and Gunnar Stockton and Ryan Puglisi if they go to Georgia and uh, they would still be on campus and those type of things. And and uh, so, yeah, those guys that are these, you know, the the five star quarterbacks I have dealt with for a long time. The, the idea is I'm going to play if not start, I'm going to play as a freshman because they're not wired to sit. They've never really had to sit. You know what I mean? And takes a while. But um you know, I think uh, I think that's the appeal as well. I think talking to people around this location too is a big deal uh, for the family. You know, and and uh, it's starting to that's starting to turn some things in George's favor about you don't have to get on a plane every single time. I don't know if you saw it, man, but I it, did. Oh. God, poor guy got his truck stolen. He went to um, Indiana Sunday, and um, and there was a. Former Stafford, Alabama is up there now. That's connection, Indiana. I don't really think Indiana's um, in, in a in a position to flip him right now. But did you guys truck stole from Atlanta Airport, man? I just I felt that. I mean, have my truck stolen downtown Atlanta? I have a valet parking lot overnight one time, and it is a it's a bad deal when you wake up and realize that. But hate it for the young man. Hope he gets his stuff back, and and uh, hopefully they find his truck. Hopefully it doesn't work out like the movies and it turns up in a bank robbery somewhere. That's what that's, you know, when everybody, every, every time somebody's setting up for a bank robbery, they say, go steal one from the airport at a long-term, long-term parking. I'm telling you right now, 
I could do a bark after dark on what happened with my truck. They basically oh. stole. They basically stole my truck, and they went to them. This was ten years ago. Stole my truck out of downtown, a hotel in downtown Atlanta at two o'clock in the morning. Drove straight to the airport and stole a bunch of luggage at the airport and filled that truck up. And they found I, I, they found that truck on like uh, seventy five South, like five days later in an abandoned parking lot, but it was full of stolen stuff. It was, it was, it was a disaster to try to recover all that kind of stuff. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. And that stealing luggage things is always a tale as old as time. That's people have been doing that for a long, long time. All right, mm-hmm. let's uh, real quick before we wrap up, we don't have the longest show this morning cause you know, it's the off season and it's tough to find stuff to really dig in. Uh, but before we get to kind of our look ahead at, at Alabama, more peach state five-star prospects, rusty uh, Zayden Walker, Elijah Griffin, um, seems, Georgia seems to be in pretty good shape there for those two. What would you say right now? Yeah, so far I do I do believe for those two and um, premium positions. Um, I, I can't say it enough. This twenty twenty five class is is really um, is really deep in Georgia, and it's deep for the right positions and at the right time for Georgia. Because I'll say this: uh, in the years that Kirby Smart has been the head coach of Georgia, I've never seen spend this much time in state during that January evaluation period he hit every corner he was going to schools that didn't have i would say georgia recruits um i was at lounge on sunday and he, he uh saturday i was at lounge for a camp in south georgia and he had landed on at lounge on friday and i asked the coach i said y'all got a you know georgia kid right here he goes no he said he just came by you know and that meant a lot to them. And there's a lot of schools that Kirby Smart just went by. And he knows the right areas because those schools produce. Sooner or later, they're going to produce one. And uh, there was some, I mean, Lyons has some really good players, but there's not a kid with a Georgia offer right now. So uh, you look at those types of things. And he was in Northwest Georgia. He was on the coast. He was in Thomasville, Bainbridge. He was in Middle Georgia. I mean, he, we saw it for the whole month. I've never seen him spend this much time in the state of Georgia. I guarantee you. Uh, that was strategic, and you start thinking about NIL and kids in the portal. Uh, those in-state kids that 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 grew up Bulldog fans, and th- th- that means a little more now. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, it may not, you know, it may not help. It's a case by case basis. You never know when a kid's going to move on, but it's something you try. It's something you definitely a button you've got to try and push. And another thing I'll say too is there's this narrative out there that man, Georgia's just gone national in terms of how they've recruited. It's not necessarily they have, but it's been a little bit out of necessity. These last couple classes haven't been as loaded in the Peach State. Um, you've got some guys kind of moving in, moving out. Sometimes a guy, you know, right down the road, and he just really doesn't have any ties to Georgia. You know, that's just how it goes. And that's the way it's always been in this state. Um, you know, it's – but ultimately, um, when you have a class like this one that's shaping up like this, when you got so many South Georgia kids – so many kids like Elijah Griffin who who have been here their whole lives and even Juju Lewis, you got to take a crack at it. You got to place an emphasis on it. And sometimes they get beat out for in-state kids. It's not the fact they just don't recruit them hard. Sometimes you just you lose out on a kid. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Uh, Rusty, let's look ahead to this Georgia-Alabama game. We've been kind of taking a quick peek um, at these you know schools. We've looked at Georgia-Clemson, talked about the fact that Georgia will be up <clears throat> to start the season. That uh, that adds an element to the offseason that was missing this past year. Talked about Georgia, Kentucky, a couple of new faces, Jamon Dumas Johnson, Brock Vandegrift. 
Um, Kentucky's looking for a new offensive coordinator now after Liam Cohen leaves for Tampa Bay. Um, tough break there for Brock Vandegrift and interested to see who they bring in. But Georgia, Alabama, sometimes the stories write themselves. Uh, this is one of them. Um, in Tuscaloosa, what do you think? I don't think you, we have to say much. Like, if this is like, I think this is DeBoer's first SEC game. Um, Kirby Smart goes back to Tuscaloosa. Uh, the, the SEC championship loss last year, you know, derailed them from a chance to you know, three-peat. And so many storylines around this one. Jayla Milrow, you know, they've played him once now. How will they play him different? Uh, what will this Washington majority staff bring to the table? What are they going to do different? And uh, I believe they play at Wisconsin. Did they play in Green Bay? Second game. I don't know. I don't know where they play, but I do. I do know they play at Wisconsin. They I can play at Wisconsin. So they're, they're, gonna, they're you're going to see. Uh, you're going to see. They're not going to be able to. They're going to they're show some things there. They would have to, in my opinion. Uh, Georgia opens up with Clemson, so they're not going to hold things in the bag for a game like that. But when you look at this Georgia Alabama, there's just just endless storylines uh, going to Tuscaloosa, and this will be a game that. Uh, they will be the entire country will be watching this one for sure. Um, it, I'm, I would be shocked if game day and whatever's whatever's out there now, uh, all you know, can they get there to that game? It's going to be all eyes on Tuscaloosa for that Georgia Alabama game. Man, for the first time since that 2017 national championship game, the first time they met with Kirby Smart as a head coach, and it wasn't like looking into a mirror there either. Alabama was definitely put together differently that that, that on that day, but. For the first time in a very long time, it was going to be like at least schematically in the way they're um, the way they go about playing football. Um, it's not going to be like looking in a mirror, you know. I mean, they're going to have to look at a brand new defense at a brand new office. I'm not saying that puts them at a disadvantage, um, but it, I mean, it's you're looking at something completely new. I mean, some of the same personnel, but um, you're not going to be able to run your defense in practice <laughs> anymore. And kind of you know be there and and again it hadn't it hadn't helped Georgia in the past so I, I'm not saying it's gonna you know hurt Georgia now uh, but it's just weird that 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 game takes on a completely new look now. Yeah, well, I mean, it's gonna be you know they're all you know you start talking about Kevin Steele and all these guys and, and even when Jeremy Pruitt was a defensive coordinator there against these offensive staffs, you kind of knew what they were thinking. Entirely different cast of characters, coaches. Uh, there now from for the majority so like I said there's going to be a lot of um, you know a lot of different variables in this game but at the end of the day this is this is a huge game for Kirby Smart and this is a huge game for Kalen DeBoer like this is both of these guys uh, this kind of sets a tone and really really for him for DeBoer like you know this is the one like if you can beat Georgia you're off to a tremendous start at home you, you can imagine Tuscaloosa will be rocking that week yeah, and Alabama does play uh, Wisconsin at Camp Randall in in Madison on uh, on September fourteenth. A little jump around. Yeah, a little jump around there, and they'll have that going on. And um, Georgia Georgia's off the prior week. I believe Alabama's off the prior week. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun matchup, man. I'm excited to get to it. One thing I do know though, Rusty, I will not be staying in Tuscaloosa. The no. dogs HQ the dogs HQ travel budget will not allow for that. Uh, I believe the hotel room is like two grand a night. Um, you know, so, uh, definitely not going to go daddy Warbucks on that one. We'll probably, uh, probably I got you, Hoover. 
I got y'all a room at the Bucky's parking lot right there in Leeds, Alabama, as you come in to Birmingham. Got y'all all you can eat break, brisket breakfast the next morning. So you can just you can take a shower at Bucky's, you're good. I was thinking about showing up at Tim Watts' house with a shower cap on and and uh just a just a wagon full of stuff. Uh, um, he'd let you. He'd let oh, you. Oh, I know he would. I know he would. I'm just uh I just want to show up there looking as absurd as I possibly can look. Um, is that already is that already announced a night game? Is yes, it is seven thirty p.m. Eastern, I believe. Ooh, it's gonna be a I could be wrong game. on that though. It's 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 either seven thirty p.m. Eastern or Central. So I believe it's seven thirty p.m. Eastern though, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So yeah. be on ABC. It's our time's already announced. Mm. Um, a lot mm. of fun, man. A lot of fun and. Mm. As always, I've got a I've got a Friday night wedding that I've got to try to figure out whether I'm going to go to or not. The problem is that Friday night wedding is in uh, is in uh, Estes Park, Colorado. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little wild. Going to have to figure that one out. May have to fly into Birmingham early early that morning. Take the red. I'll take the take the first flight out of Denver. Mm. That morning, I uh, got some family getting married. But anyway, Georgia, Alabama, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking so forward to it. Um, and uh, by the way, Archibald's barbecue is overrated. Um, I, I still think Dreamland's better than Archibald's. Archibald's yeah, not very good. Yeah. I like Dreamland, yep. All right. All right, folks, we'll be back with you on Thursday. Uh, me and Palmer will be here with you at 8.30 a.m. sharp. So be here. Be uh, be ready. Have some questions. We're going to do a mailbag and some other stuff. But for this episode of The Georgia Show, I'm Jake. He's Rusty. Y'all have a great day.